This week on the Ocean Cruisers podcast, I'm having a chat with Steph and Travis from the YouTube sailing channel Sailing Gypsy. Steph and Travis are both from Canada and they started the sailing journey only a few years back. They bought a 1990 Hunter 42 Passage in Canada and they've since sailed it down to the Caribbean. They then decided to cross the Atlantic Ocean and do some Northern European sailing before heading down to the Mediterranean. They're now cruising around the Balearics and the Italian islands waiting to head back over to the Caribbean in the winter. You can follow them on their YouTube channel which is called Sailing Gypsy and if you want to check out some of our videos on the boat refit which we've now completed, check out some of the other refit videos in this channel under Sailing Voyager but for now here is the podcast with Steph and Travis. What jobs did you do before you started doing this? I was a stripper. Um, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Could have guessed. That's how I got the pole on the boat, yeah? <laughs> <laughs> no. uh, I um, ran a distribution company for an artificial grass company. Oh, and interesting. then I also had an installation company for artificial turf. So we specialized in like residential backyards. And what I did, did that and started it in Vancouver and then Made my way over to the East Coast, Toronto, and then that's where I met her. Yeah, I was working downtown Toronto for the government, for the compensation board. Um, just the Monday to Friday, sort of nine to five sort of thing. Did that ever since I graduated school. Totally didn't think that this was where my life was going to be. I thought I was going to be in that job until I retired. It was like a golden handcuffs sort of deal. And that's what I thought I was going to be. So she met the West Coast. That's <laughs> go explore. The West Coast by. stripper. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, we're complete opposites. He's mm. Vancouver, chill, just came to Toronto for work. And I was, I grew up in Toronto, city, go, go, go sort of person, much more, I guess, structured, planning, that sort of yeah. thing. And then, yeah. Yeah, West Coast and East Coast on in North America is totally different vibe. <laughs> Yeah, the, got, I, I, got, like, I drove across there. I started in no, we started in Quebec, I think, the the French part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we started there, and then we drove all the way across. Yeah, Vancouver's like my favorite place in Toronto. Uh, sorry, in uh, Canada, without yeah. Uh, yeah, that's wrong. I'm from Vancouver, and it's just mountains. It's beautiful. You can do a million different outdoor activities in like in a single day. You know, like I'd go biking in the morning, snowboarding in the evening, and then go for like a camping night and then go you know find some lake and it's funny because he always he always made fun of me for being a toronto city girl yeah. i didn't like the outdoors yeah. i didn't like camping it was you know controlled climate city life sort of thing well i made fun of her i was like you're what how old am i 33 you know, 31. I can't remember when we went on that hike. She never went to pee in the bush before, so she met me. I also didn't think I liked hiking because Toronto doesn't have any hiking. We had trails, so I went yeah. for walks. Yeah, true. And I didn't think it was that much fun until yeah. I went to BC and absolutely loved it there. So I would have to agree yeah. that Vancouver or BC is the prettiest part of Canada. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, right. So basically, Travis, like you obviously won the competition because now you're doing a complete outdoors type of life. And <laughs> yeah. It's kind of the way it went. It. So what what made you want to start doing this? Because like even living in Vancouver, if you're doing outdoor stuff, it's, it's nothing like sailing around the world on a boat. Well, I travel a lot. Like I used to be a pro BMXer. Oh, okay, so, cool. Like, the low kids bikes and... So I, I used to travel a lot all over the world, 
and I'd go for you know a month, two months, and I'd ride my bike and film, just have a good time. And then as that kind of faded a bit out of the sort of the progression side, I knew I needed to actually make some money because there was no real money in it for me. <laughs> it was just getting uh, older. Yeah, getting older, my body, you know, couldn't keep up with all the little kids <laughs> that were just killing it. Um, just realized ah, I probably should, you know, get a job, make some actual money. And then once started doing that, I just kind of knew I wanted like some insane life adventure again, and where it would totally change my life. And when he met me, he was totally not interested because I was the well, I have a job and I'm going to save all my money and buy this house with the white picket fence. Yeah, and, like, you know, the checkbox sort of. That sort of thing. So girl. he's like, okay, she's boring. That's, <laughs> That's like, not my cup of no. tea. But then um, I, I, got, I got injured and I was off work for a really long time. And by that point, I was already not liking my job anymore. But just not like dealing with what I had to do with work every single day. Because people complaining a lot. So I was just sick of it. I wanted to change. I had traveled some time as well, and I just wanted a big adventure. So it was either go back to a job that I did not enjoy or make a big life change at that point. And one of the things that I was contemplating was moving to DC. I just wanted to move somewhere a lot prettier. And then uh, there was like a, a summer that he had decided, you know what, let's go and try to find something to do in Ontario in the summer, which is kind of hard to do. And well, I was trying to get her into, like, I got really into kayak camping, and but I only had a single. I was like, well, I got to get a double, and, like, I was going to go buy this. It was, like, 1200 bucks for this double uh, kayak, and I'm searching on the web, searching on the web, and I come across this used sailboat for 1200 bucks. I was like, what? You can buy a boat? You can buy a sailboat for 1200 bucks? So I started looking at sailboats. I'm like, that's actually a good deal. And I literally just <laughs> went and drove out and picked this thing up in the middle of winter. It was on a trailer. It had no brakes. The tires were flat. had no lights, like, on this crappy old trailer. And I just jimmy-rigged it to get it three hours back to, to my warehouse. And then it kind of just started from there. Like, yeah, oh. I had started to really enjoy nature at that point, too. Hanging out with him, we had gone for a lot more... Um, hikes, checking out waterfalls wherever we could in Ontario. And then he said, okay, well, this summer we're going to fix up this little 22-foot sailboat and I'm going to make it really cute and we're going to learn how to take it up on the lake because it'll be so much more fun than a kayak. It'll be like camping on the water. So we did that. Get up for a handful, maybe, of uh, long weekends. And it took us forever to set this thing up. We had no idea what we were doing. And looking back, I didn't even know we had an anchor on that thing. Like, it just we knew nothing, right? Totally oblivious. <laughs> and the way we checked the weather was not, is it sunny? Is it sunny or rainy? Okay, let's go up to this really yeah, remote spot. Oh, <laughs> yeah. like literally, like I didn't know there was like uh, wind forecasts and stuff. And like I just looked at the basic weather forecast. I said, "Is that sunny? Okay, we should be okay." <laughs> and then we most of the time we would just motor the thing, like just to get it to some little spot. Literally, I think the first summer, I went on like two or three times because it was just such a pain in the ass to set it up and, and get it up to the lake that we wanted to go to. And next summer, I think maybe not even two or three times. Yeah. But so did, didn't still didn't really have a grasp of sailing, but it definitely sparked like this, you know, 
massive interest. And then obviously the sailing YouTube channels, I started watching sailing YouTube and I'm like, what? There's people like young people doing this. That's insane. How are they doing this? And I had really wanted to travel too. So when he introduced me to watching YouTube videos with sailing, I was like, well, well, I really like our time on the water that we've had on the boat and I really want to travel. So maybe this could be a thing, but I don't know. So we kind of just tossed it up. We didn't really know if we were serious about it because it was this huge 180 that we were going to be doing with our life. Um, and he had said to me, like, I don't know, I don't know, Stephanie, like, do you think you're going to be fit for being on the water 24-7? And we were out on this boat in the middle of Lake Huron. And the Great Lakes are huge. They pretty much look like an ocean if you look on the side, right? So he said, look out there, and this is all you're going to be surrounded by. Picture that on both sides. You're not going to see land. Do you think you could do this, or does this sort of thing freak you out? Because some people would freak out, knowing that there's no land in sight. And I was like, no, I really like this. I don't want the weekend to be over. I wish this was every day. And then I think once that switch kind of flipped, it was like, okay, will actually make this a plan and we're going to do it. That's really cool. Yeah. So it just took a That's little... cool that it started out as like a kayak trip, but it ended up in you <laughs> like wanting to... <laughs> so <laughs> like, completely change our accident. entire life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Like nobody, nobody believed me, at least, because growing up with oh, people yeah, yeah. that were brought up the same way that I was, it was not even a thing. Like the ocean, we don't have an ocean connected to us <laughs> where I'm from. And it was yeah. just far out idea. And then. Oh, yeah. Well, you get a lot of people going, oh, the ocean's not what you think. And I'm like, mm. I know it's not. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's not. And then you just get all these people saying, oh, yeah, you know, you'll never make that happen. And there are all these people in the dock. And, but I guess we're backing up a little bit is watching YouTubers got us really interested. Like, holy shit, maybe we can make this happen. Like, yep. oh, man, we're healing. Yeah, we're gonna be like five, ten degrees right now <laughs> with the wind gust. <laughs> no, it's same here as well, mate. But like, it looks still because I'm on a camera. But like, the boat is like it's a bit all over the place. It's probably what? worth explaining actually to people who are listening. Yeah, why is we're he... both yeah. we're both why in he... Sardinia and there's like forty knot gusts like piling through these anchorages at the moment. Yeah, we should have um, pendulum or something here. You just see the boat. Seriously, one of those old school uh, like mar marine lights, you know, that you see some people oh, yeah, like yeah. the candle light that keep them in. This, yeah, yeah. Be a bit of a hazard at the moment. <laughs> yeah, not one of us. But yeah, so we have like. Oh. Yeah, so I was just saying. So where did it go from there? So like, you know, you're you're on the lake and you had a nice time on this little, you know, twelve hundred dollar boat. But like, how how did you then? How did you then figure it out and like put a plan in place to? like take it to the next step and do what you're doing now. Was there another boat after that, or did you just get the uh, one that you're on now? So when, I guess backing up to when I said that I kind of wanted this big change, the second summer that we had this little boat, I only went on it maybe one time because I had broken my ankle pretty badly. And when I was off work for a while, I said, well, I'm not going back. So are you really serious about this plan? I don't like that job, but if we're not going to make a 180 here, like I really need to know because I got to do something. So he said, okay, this is actually going to be our plan. Let's devise something. So he said, okay, we need to save as much money as we can to make this happen because we didn't want it to be a five, 10-year plan. We wanted it now because we're both pretty yeah. instant gratification <laughs> sort of people. So we wanted to do whatever it took to make it happen in, it was 18 months, I think it was. Yeah, because you can't, you can't get a boat out of the lakes 
any later than September. Because if you go if you go up to like Nova Scotia, it just gets way too cold by the time you get there, and it's like treacherous waters. So your only option is going out um, a canal system way that takes you to New York City, and the the canals close um, mid October. So like, and it takes a few weeks to get through. So like, I kind of had a new like or a new that okay, if we're gonna start this now and we do it for like literally we'd have eighteen months, like that's our date to leave. Like so, what can we save and how do we find a boat? That's if we find a boat in Toronto, um, but we actually were looking at boats. Everywhere. Everywhere. He was like, I, we're going to pack up. We're going to go fly somewhere to Croatia. I think he said Croatia. Well, the Met, I was like, oh, it's a lot of boats cheaper than the Met because, you know, charter boats and you, they're always, you can find a really good deal. So I started looking like crazy there. Started looking crazy in um, Caribbean as well because you'll find charter boats in the Caribbean, but you also find a lot of um, like cruiser boats because they Caribbean for a couple of years and they're done. So like, um, anyways, that's where we're looking. I'm like, oh yeah, I'm not even going to look on the lakes because who's going to have a cruising boat on the lake? So in the meantime, no. we said, okay, this is what we're going to do. We need to make money, as much money as we can. And we both had very, very good jobs. So we said, okay, we'll keep doing what we're doing because it's the only way that we're going to make as much money as, I guess, possible. And I said, okay, well, I'm going to go back to work if for sure we're doing this. So we said, okay, we're going to bust our ass for the year and a bit. And then in the meantime, we had lived five minutes down the road from a marina. And we would go there every single weekend to just take it in, look at boats, and oh. kind of just, you know, dream. Yeah. And get a coffee and just walk around the marinas and dream. <laughs> so he wasn't looking on the lakes for boats, nor was he looking at hunter boats. So those two things were completely off the table until he just randomly saw well, so, hunter. You know, the more the more you read and everything, people started talking to people too, and they're like, just go on every boat because we didn't have a single idea of what, uh, you know, we had an idea of what a 20 foot boat felt like, but it's not a like a comfortable liveaboard sort of boat that we would want to be on. So we're like, what does a 30 to 40 plus foot boat feel like? We had no idea. So it said, just get on every boat you can possibly get on to get an idea. Um, so we went to the Annapolis Boat Show as well and literally tried or got on every single boat that they had on display there to get the feel and then he continuously started to scour the listings and then he came across our boat that we have at the marina literally a two-minute drive down from where yeah. we lived oh no way <laughs> oh all right that's convenient it's like the 1200 kayak it's just, it, just 100%. To work. <laughs> yeah and i was like ah, i don't want to look at it because it's not it's not what i'm looking for not knowing why it's not what I'm looking for. Preconceived um, notions, I guess. Just like, yeah, like preconceived notions, exactly. So I was but, like, whatever, let's just go check it out and feel it out and everything. And walked on it and it just kind of said, this is the boat. Well, what were you oh. looking for? Like, you, I mean, you've ended up with that. That's that's a great boat for living on. Like, we're no, looking you for like an ocean crossing boat or something. Yeah, if you don't know boats, I didn't understand. Like, I didn't do enough research yet at the time of like, what made an ocean boat, what made, like, just different build qualities of, like, how their boats are built. And you, like, I guess I was on the wrong forms of people saying, oh, production boats, like, uh, you don't want to take them on the ocean and all this stuff. Yeah, and I'm like, so I guess the guys I'm talking to are reading here, like, you know, in their 80s, thinking you got to buy this big, heavy-ass boat that's going to go four and a half knots. And, you know, the sea, this, the sea, the sea kindness of it is going to be great, but... 
that's about it. I'm like, and then you start reading and going, oh man, there's production boats all over the world. That's most ocean crossing boats are production boats. So I'm like, oh, okay, maybe I, I don't exclude all these other great boats. And um, we didn't think that we would find a cruising boat in the lakes so close to home because you know, they're lake boats. Most people have boats for the cottages and yeah. the lakes. But this particular boat had everything in terms of equipment, new equipment that was being outfitted. They get really lucky with the guy that was building this boat. He was setting it up to go live off the grid and do the same sort of adventure. But unfortunate health reasons um, with his wife made them have to sell. So it was like kind of a meant to be thing for us. <laughs> and it just felt right. So we ended up with this boat. And then, because we only live a few minutes down the road, we decided to, it was time to either haul out the boat for winter, or have it kept in the water, and, you know, paying for two places, where technically we could have lived on this, because this was going to be our home. So we decided to get out of the condo, move everything on board, and learn over the winter, and just like literally the from the ground up, because we knew nothing. So that was in the lakes, still? Yeah. It was just sitting on a dock and the winter came and it gets to like right. minus 40 in Ontario. I was going to say, yeah, like that's, uh, <laughs> and hunters aren't incredibly well insulated neither. So that must have been pretty cold. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you had to build like a whole, um, like a tent around it or something. Or, uh, yeah, like a whole, yeah, yeah. Oh, like you shrink wrap, you build this uh, frame and mm. then you shrink wrap and it acts like it's crazy. It'd be like minus 20, but sunny. And you'd sit outside and it would be like plus 10. No way. That sun well. like, yeah, it was, it was ridiculous. It was cool. And Toronto's pretty oh, dry, cool. so you didn't mm. get that. Like the humidity wasn't a big thing, like it was for us in the UK. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. We know about that. Yeah. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah, I mean, like there's there's a number of like when you get a sign when a boat pops up and it's like five minutes away from where you live and it ticks enough boxes. I think that's like a good enough reason to. Yeah, literally, yeah. It just ticked all the boxes, like literally every box, which is pretty yeah. crazy. Um, obviously, well, it didn't pick my, I wanted a 50 plus foot box, but you know. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> it was good enough. It, was, it, it, it ticked every other box, so it just felt right, so we bought it. And then her and I to actually make this happen was putting a date on like when, because now we knew, kind of backing up a little bit, now we knew like we had to get out of the lakes at a certain time and that mm. was 18 months so is that time frame right yeah it was 18 months from no, when we, we started it. saving i think no that's right because we bought the boat and sorry i'm trying to backdate times here <laughs> we stayed on board for about nine months and then it was a okay we either no wait yeah right we so what we're trying to say is when we decided to make this plan happen that's like when we changed our lives like completely to start saving for it like we lived on less than two grand a month between the both of us mm. just like we just saved and any money that was spent was put into the boat and we were just siphoning it all away we were the cheapest people ready for here. the cruising life nope. Yeah, I but, can't, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it did get easier because there was lockdown that happened as well in Canada. So yeah. we couldn't oh. spend money anyway. And then we were, work, we were working from home. So there was no commuting and all these expenses. Well, yeah. yeah, we're just going straight into our savings and then it really helped us prepare. But on the flip side, it made it kind of uh, nerve wracking for us to leave because 
there were lockdowns still when the locks out of the lakes were closing. So we didn't know if we were going to be able to get through or not. But because we didn't, we didn't want to wait another year, essentially, if we didn't make it for those that deadline, we just said, screw it, we're going to go anyway, because we had already planned for the state. And then we took off without knowing whether or not we were going to be turning around if we got denied or if we were going to be doing something. A complete 180. Because well, I emailed like there was no cross border travel at the time, and I and I emailed um, you know the U.S. Coast Guard or Customs saying, "Hey, can we? This is our plan. We're heading you know to the Bahamas and onwards. And like, can we pass through the states?" And they didn't give me a yes or a no. They just said it depends <laughs> on. Like it was very like okay, you know, like we it's on the guard at the at, like the immigration to deal with kind of thing is mm-hmm. what finally if you read through the like. The fine print. No, it was, like a, it was like a read between the lines. Read between the lines, thing. yeah. Like, yeah, oh, so we'll okay, let you so, past, but just keep it to yourself, type of thing. Yeah, more or less. It's kind of what yeah. I got from it. Um, but yeah, then we just took off, <laughs> and then it started. Yeah, that's really cool. Crazy. So, what did you do? You just took off out the lakes. You eventually ended up in like New York, I imagine. They did, and then you just yeah. like cruised down the coast to the Bahamas. Yeah, we did the entire East Coast. It took us three months to, to get down to the Bahamas. So how much of no clue we had was when I said, hey, how long is it going to take us to get to the Bahamas? Three weeks. Don't worry. Three weeks. Yeah. We'll be there. Three weeks. Oh, we'll be there in three weeks. <laughs> so yeah, three, three and a half. Yeah. I just probably planned like seven knots for like three weeks so you'll get to the Bahamas. I, to be honest, I didn't plan a single bit. It's, I think I was reading Powerboat. <laughs> okay, like a full hundred horsepower motorboat. Yeah, oh, yeah, we go twenty knots uh, every day. You know, ten hours, twenty knots. You know, no worries. Two hundred and forty-seven nautical miles. I'm like, oh, we make about eighty miles a day. Yeah, so let's just say there was a steep learning curve. Oh, man, yeah. was... So, at what point of the trip did you actually learn how to sail the boat? Um, well, we kind of we took it a little bit out in the summer. Because we, we stayed in the winter in Toronto on the boat. It was all wrapped up, couldn't move it. And then spring came, and so spring and summer. And then we just took it, like, in and around the uh, Toronto. Like, we never went far. We did one trip that was, like, we did a five-day trip, um, which that was our biggest learning because we actually got into some pretty serious winds <laughs> for us. And there was a bit of learning, but still, like... Lake sailing was very different now. That we lake sailing, yeah. Well, lake sailing, it's it's kind of like, not quite like here, but it is because the majority of the waves come from the wind, and they're usually shorter and choppier instead of like in the ocean where it's bigger swells. Um, so it was a bit more aggressive, but I didn't know still how to sail, and I knew how the sails got up, and I didn't know how to tune them or or anything. So we were always massively healed, like tow rail in the water. Like <laughs> this is terrifying. Like our whole hope, like I'm taking this thing where? Well, we thought that's so, how it was supposed to be, you know, because you're just, in a sailboat healed. And... Well, because, you know, we're also passing all these people with, um, that go out day sailing and there, there's nothing on their boats. They're usually a little lighter, a little more sportier type boats on the lakes. So they're all, you know, just totally healed, you know, not, not reefing, not reefing. <laughs> It just lets balls to the wall kind of thing. So it's been a big learning curve of how to make the boat comfortable and still be in the same conditions. Like that's where I think all the learnings come in. But it's just been since we left. Really, I'm still learning. 
it's good though because obviously like you made you made a plan right from the beginning that you wanted to leave on that date and you must be pretty determined people because it's not easy to like i mean save up the cash and then actually completely suck off your life and yeah. uh, just head out for something you don't know like it does take a lot of work and effort and commitment it takes a huge amount well it's in the beginning it's hard because you know you want to save money but it's the dream isn't there like the it's not solidified yet so it's hard for a lot of people to say oh well, i can spend that money and do that because that's not a, you don't have the boat yet you don't have this but for us just putting a date on it of being like we don't want to be saving for 10 years we want to like like in the beginning it was like less than two years we want to be like have a boat saving up money that we sail for two years the other thing was we sold everything off because we weren't planning on leaving anything behind in Ontario yeah. because he was only there for work so he knew he wasn't going back and Never. I knew that I wanted to move if I wasn't wanted to leave anyway going yeah. on this adventure so we had downsized everything moved onto this yeah. boat and there was no choice because otherwise we were going to be dock people because that was our home at that point so once yeah. we bought the boat it was like go time we knew that everything was being put towards leaving so we had to have a date otherwise it would continue on and just press on especially with the lockdowns and the lakes. If we didn't leave now, then another year, another year, and it just wasn't yeah. something we wanted to wait for. Just like, and just like, yeah, I don't know your your full backstory yet, but the, I think, you know, that's one thing is to to really start saving your money and like structuring your entire life around saving money to make this dream happen. To where you can't go hang out with your friends, you can't go do this certain thing because it's going to take money, and you're just but you have a bigger goal and a bigger adventure. But um, no, I don't know where I was going with that. <laughs> Anyways, saving money. That? Saving money was saving money. Buying the boat, putting a date on it is a big thing. Oh, sorry. The next hardest thing we ran into was actually leaving because now you're you're leaving the safety and security of what you built. Like for us, it was our careers. To leave that was like, wow, okay, we're leaving good incomes and, and security. And I think, you know, a lot of people get struck with that. If they have a plan to, to set off the dock and go, they go, you know, they just, the excuses become too heavy. And then it, it's like, it was actually really hard for us to say, okay, but I think the whole plan, the whole thing that COVID was there. And we kind of were humming on, like, can we even get across the border? Can we not? And then what did really help was screw it. Let's just go and see if we can get through the border. And if it's a if if they did let us across, then that's it. That's that's the mind made up and everything. Um, but I would say that was the next like most difficult thing is to like. Well, the thing is, it goes against like everything that you've ever been taught about being an adult. Really, you know, do you know what I mean? Like from a kid, you're always taught like you get a job, responsible, saves, so you can get a house, and it's like doing what you're doing literally breaks every single rule that you've been taught. You know, these are the things you have to do when you grow <laughs> up. So it's yeah, like, right. It was contrary to everything you've been known. Yeah. yeah, but I, I do think this is the nomadic lifestyle is a pop is a massive thing because homes become too. It just doesn't make sense um, for a lot of people to try to accomplish all those things to then maybe be too old to ever, ever get out. It's like mm. for Canada it, to buy a home, it's insanely expensive. Like yeah. the place, Vancouver the size of our boat. Oh, yeah. expensive. 
like a place the size of this boat cost me almost a million bucks. <laughs> like, so you know, and that's not a forever home. So what you take a million dollar mortgage out for something that you're gonna want to remortgage in a few years. Yeah, it does. And then, we've got, yeah, we've got yeah, some we've got some crew on the boat at the moment from uh, Australia, and we're like we're we're having a conversation about it last night, and it's like the um the idea of uh, like the normal way of life. It's something that comes from your parents and your grandparents. It's like not even achievable for people our age anymore. Like forget people like younger than us. Like how on earth now can you like leave university, get a normal job, and make a plan to get like a house that's like a million and a half? Like right. it's just fairy tale stuff, you know what I mean? Like it's yeah. not what you're thinking about it. No, for me, it was just being a slave to my mortgage. Yeah, that's yeah. What that's what most people's lives are. Yeah. And it's like I know this, and I just that for us that wasn't wasn't appealing. <laughs> and you know, and I think life's meant to be lived. And it depends what you want. Like obviously, you know, we're, we're taking the other sort of unknown areas like well what are we gonna do when we're older <laughs> you know what i mean like am i gonna be 80 all busted up you know living on a dime kind of thing so that's the whole other thing where you're like uh. <laughs> well like younger, so but. travis it's probably easier for you because you're a bit more of like an adventurer in, in a way with like the outdoor activities but like steph you were like fully invested and committed to like the career and the like the nine to five stuff, and had all those goals laid out. Yeah. So, so it was pretty far. It seemed really far fetched from you know the views of my family, my friends. They're just like, "What? Like you're not an outdoorsy person. You've never been that type of person." Yes, traveling this and that, but you go back to your regular life. And I think what changed the changed the views of a lot of people was when they weren't able to go anywhere, and. They couldn't do what they wanted to do. And then all of a sudden, everybody's perceptions changed. And all of a sudden, it became, oh, you're so lucky to be doing that. Like, I envy where you're going or what you're doing and the fact that you can actually make this change. Because a lot of people don't have the courage to be able to make that change because they're scared. You don't know. And we were scared. We had no idea. We still have no idea what's, you know, where we're going to be tomorrow, where we're going to be next week, let alone a few years from now or 10 years from now. But I think for me, it was more about enjoying my every day. And that's what superseded it all because I did not enjoy waking up in the morning knowing that I had to do something I didn't enjoy doing on a regular basis, only to look forward to my Saturdays and Sundays. So that was kind of what I took above all else. And I think a lot of people understand that now. And people have come around to really realizing that, wow, maybe that, you know, that isn't something to think is so far-fetched or outrageous yeah i think covid definitely like switched switched that in a lot of people's heads because it's like yeah. i mean what you have to go back to the second world war to reach the point in time where like the government was saying you're not allowed to leave your house so like right. think, yeah. yeah yeah really like that that's we we had a plan to go cruising that was like you know 10 years we were going to save like a million dollars and get this amazing boat and it's like as soon as they said, oh, you, you can't take your dog for a walk now. You're not allowed to go to the house. You can't take your kid to nursery. I was like, all right, done with that. No, <laughs> we're having an <laughs> no. plan in place now. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't fancy living by those rules. So I, well, it changed for a lot of people. A lot of people started cruising like after COVID or during well, COVID because they, they felt like they needed to escape. Well, I think most people we met in the Caribbean 
Um, we're the same thing. Oh, we left. We just sold everything and left. Like everyone we met was, they're on there. They were just kind of on that same sort of path and just needed to get changed, a big change, and never had any experience and just bought a boat and left kind of thing. A lot of families too, because we yeah. didn't think there were going to be as oh, many, so many kids families. as we saw, but there were tons of families because they're like, "Yep, took yeah. the kids. We're going to homeschool them," and yeah. we left. So you know, there is some light, you know, with the whole COVID thing, right? It just totally gave that boot to a lot of people that had maybe a thought about it and they go, well, screw it. Like, can't do anything here. Let's go try this. And as well, like a lot of people started working from home. So that helped as well, you know, because then maybe they can work abroad. So. What did you guys do for, so like when you, when you quit and then you got the boat and then you quit your jobs, did you have like a plan for finances? Cause you do YouTube. So like you'll make some money for that. But like, well, was, our- was that something that you were, like uh, factoring in or were you thinking you might have to get remote jobs or what yeah so our whole plan was with the 18 months we looked at all our finances to see how much we could save how much we could spend on a boat and how much we thought that monthly expenses were going to be because this guy had me watching these youtube videos and people are living very frugally and we're going to live on the sea and catch our own food and all of that i was watching some french channel some French channel. Oh, we live off $500 a month. So that's what he told me it was going to be. <laughs> I'm, like, oh, we, I'm like, okay, if we just bump it up, say we're not quite 500 bucks a month, but let's just say 1000 bucks a month. I'm like, we can live for this. Yes. Yeah. Still way off from what I can <laughs> right, But okay. we did look at... How Damn you, YouTubers. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so we did look at how much we thought we were going to have after we you know, pulled all our income for the months that we had saved. After buying the boat within this budget, yada, yada, yada. Then we looked at, okay, we might be able to cruise making no money for a few years. And if yeah. at that time, we can kind of gauge if it's for us or if it's not and we want to change. But we're not the type of people to run it all down. Like We're not going to run down our bank accounts and go, okay, look, we're completely out of money. Well, what are we going to do now? We knew that if we made no money, we would hope that YouTube would have helped generate some money for us which it did, fortunately, but our whole thing was we would make it work. Like We would go find work if we needed to, but we felt comfortable in leaving to be able to cruise for a period of time long enough to determine if we liked it or not. Yeah, like we figured, yeah, okay, maybe, you know, we can't make any money in two years of doing this, you know, being a digital nomad, then then let's start thinking about other things because we're obviously not good at it. yeah, and then, cool. yeah, so you had, you started had like helping. A, and, yeah, so you had like a kitty ready to go anyway, and you were like, oh, we'll figure, we'll figure it out as we go along in a way. Yeah, we, yeah, it was for roughly two years, we thought, um, living which seems, cheaply. Which seems to be kind of the average of a lot of people that we've met. A lot of cruisers that we've met that left around the same time we did have sold their boats already, oh, yeah. and it's kind of the average of two years yeah. cruise for a bit. Two to five years, I think, is the majority of people who are cruising. But... I think when you do, you know, social media and an influencer, you know, that's going to extend it, obviously. That's going to help. If you can make some money, not everybody. Enough enough money. But we also live very cheaply. We try to live very cheaply. (laughs) How cheap? Voting is very hard. Here's an example of how cheap this living is. (laughs) Um, Let's just say he'll hum and haw for parts, tools, (laughs) things that are like. Not expensive, but it's the whole space on the boat, so I'm not going to buy it until I really, really need it. He'll make it work. He's like, 
the king of MacGyvering. So if he doesn't need something, it doesn't matter if it's under $10 or $100. Well, so, even if we do go and eat, it's like, okay, yeah, we'll go and eat today. And it's, you know, oh, this looks good. This is good. Well, a pizza feeds us both. So let's get a pizza. <laughs> like, yeah, that's just sensible. <laughs> right? So just yeah. like, I don't know, everything that we can try to save a buck or something will be cheap on it. Um, but yeah, you can never say how much you spend them, like, we get that, uh, the question we get asked a lot is how much do you guys spend every month? And it is impossible to say. Sometimes we spend $500 a month. Sometimes we spend $5,000 a month. Like, it literally depends on what happens that What month? happens. Like, does, what, does the boat, do, like, demand needs? Um, yeah, like maintenance on the boat and stuff. The big, usually, like, probably, I was going to say, one of the biggest differences you might have noticed in coming into the Med is like it's just an absolute non-guarantee that you can actually sail anywhere uh, whenever yes. you want to. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> so we've learned that Med yeah, stands yeah. for motor every day, or we call it the motor Indian. Uh, so fuel has been a big one here, whereas yeah. fuel was not an issue in the Caribbean for us. That was one of our lower expenses. We hardly ever filled yeah. up. Uh, so our main expenses were on groceries. But here... We've been spending on fuel, but at the same time, we also try to anchor. So, um, I was going to mention, like, we don't go oh, to yeah. marinas yeah. ever until we're forced to or have no yeah. choice, um, which has been on this side of the pond. But other than that, we don't pay for those sort of feeds if we can live. Free. Yeah, so, like, where I've found where it's easy to live cheap on a boat is the Caribbean. 100%. <laughs> you can anchor, you know, 365 days of the year. So you're not spending any money there. You're not. There's not a lot of like really super cool places like restaurants you really want to go see. So you you know you're gonna eat at home a lot more and make your your own meals taste a lot nicer. Um, and you can you can go fishing, spear fishing too. You can find food that way. But yeah, I did know coming to this side of the pond, like we would have to figure a marina for the winter. You might have to take a dock in some of these like um, places that we go. So. It was a bit scary coming across, knowing that we'd be taking on potentially a bigger expense, which yeah. we have. So, but at the same time, we always said that we wanted to go as far as we could within a certain amount of time because we didn't want to. That's kind of why we move so quickly as well because we want we'll see as much as we can. Um, Trying to make that money just stretch as long as you can, and if you can get, you know, if we end up getting all around the world, then the next time we go, we'll we'll slow it down, you know, and then enjoy the places that. <clears throat> that uh, we might have boogied on through. Like for her, for her and I, I think if we're sitting anywhere longer than three days, I get antsy. I'm like, time to go. Yeah, same. <laughs> yeah, I it? like, I like, I like looking at something. But yeah, when it's like the same mountain for like a weekend, I'm like, okay, yeah. next place. Like, <laughs> let's <laughs> go, go check somewhere else out. Yeah. So yeah. in what we're doing, you know, our lifestyle, I think that's perfect. It's a good amount of time to hang out, see it, and then let's go. <laughs> but yeah. when we get stuck in an anchorage like we are here for the last week. Yeah, I'm, getting, I'm really bored of Sardinia at the moment. <laughs> can't we, get out already. <laughs> we haven't, yeah, we've been to land once we've been here in a, like. Yeah, it was just to get groceries for this. <laughs> we knew that yeah. flow was coming. And yeah. That's literally well, the only right. I think I've been to land for, like, was pizza, beer, and then I just took the crew to go and get more food, um, nice. which is pizza and beer, basically. So, like, yeah, that's the, that's the only thing I'm going to land for at the moment. Well, when you get to... Oh, sorry, go on. I was going to say, well, when you get to uh, the Balearics, uh, it's pizza and sangria. Oh, 
You can find like a, sangria. Liter, a liter of sangria for like, yeah. and you're from like 12 bucks, 12 euros, which is so cheap for a liter of sangria. Yeah. Oh, yeah, great. well, you can you can actually you can get it bottled as well, which is actually quite nice. Which my, my wife drinks a lot; she actually really likes that. So, like in the evening, we'll sit down, like we'll uh, like you know put something on the TV, and she'll just like drink this bottled sangria. She loves it. Nice. Is it the red? Yeah, the red one. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. We're, we're we're a, we're a white sangria people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a light red makes us really sleepy. Um, yeah, white. Yeah, like she has a like good, dark but, red one. Yeah, dark. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah. Just go. Pass straight out. <laughs> it's like me. I was, I was having a conversation with the guys earlier. We were like, okay, what booze should we get for the next couple of weeks? And I was like, whatever you do, do not get me red wine because I get drunk off one. I can drink like 20 beers. I can have a liter of vodka. But if I have one glass of red wine, I'm shit faced. I don't understand how it works. And they were like, okay, we'll get you some red wine. I was like, all right, that's actually going to save me a bit of money. So it's a good idea. <laughs> Fair enough. So what made you want to? like cross oceans because you know like sailing down the coast is i suppose it can be a bit challenging but it's nowhere near as daunting uh, as like doing a northern atlantic crossing so that that was a pretty ballsy move well the east coast definitely sucked i really didn't like sailing the east coast one because i didn't understand conditions i just understood if the wind was in my favor or not i didn't understand currents i didn't understand anything really i just said oh that's i know i can sail that direction let's go and we got our asses handed to us because uh, i didn't think the gulf stream ran all the way up the east coast so we would always take a northerly down and that's wind against tide and we always just got smashed it became a lot of rough sailing but doing the caribbean in my opinion it's it's really easy you know the wind's coming from one basic direction you know east of some sort <laughs> and there's no real currents and tides so there's not a lot of planning that has to go involved you just have to look if you want to sail in 20 knots of wind or you want to sail in 15 knots of wind that day kind of thing so and then we met uh, a world cruiser before and you know this when we started talking about yeah i'd love to go see uh northern europe um ireland and everything like that and his advice was have you done an overnighter and we said yeah, we've done like a 31 hour. He that said, was the most we had done because we yeah, got pushed out on the East done. Coast. So the East. it wasn't really by choice, but we had rough sails before. So we're like, But okay. I took his words because he's like, have you done an overnighter? And I said, yeah. He's like, it's just that over and over again. So <laughs> On repeats. <laughs> yeah, I said, oh, I guess so. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And then he's like, yeah. And after like, you know, five or six days, um, you'll get your sea legs. And then that's really when it just starts to feel more normal. I was like, yeah, it makes sense. It's just day in, day out. And as long as you know your boat, like, and th like, and I work on the boat constantly. Like, I think boating to me is just preventative maintenance. Like, yeah, yeah. as long as you're constantly on it, knowing, you know, what your systems are and how good they are, then I think you'll feel a lot, a lot more confident about going on a big adventure. Mm. Crossing it. Yeah, ocean. definitely. You know, then kind of neglecting a lot of things in a boat, going, maybe it'll be okay. Then, yeah, obviously you can have a lot of doubt, but constantly being on your boat every day helps you understand your system and feel more confident. So to feel comfortable on our boat, having been on it, you know, 24-7, having had some uncomfortable passages, we felt like it was doable. Like it wasn't scary. It was more exciting because we knew we wanted to see new places. Because well, I personally had never gone to Europe before or the UK. Like 
So it was just something that I always wanted to do. And I don't know, it just wasn't scary. I thought it might be because before leaving, I never thought that we were going to be crossing the Atlantic so soon. It might, it might have been like a one day, maybe we will. Let's see how it goes in the Caribbean. And then a year later, we were crossing, but it wasn't really a thought in my mind of it the only thing scared to me was I don't want to lose my autopilot and I don't want anything happening to our water, like our, our water supply. That's like the two main concerns I actually have is autopilot and water supply. Um, and the ability know. to check weather, like we knew we had yeah. the ability to check weather, that. so it wasn't as daunting. And you just, yeah, you can, like crossing an ocean is just planning for the next day of weather, like where do you want to be? Okay, I'm going to head this way and that'll help me for the next day, get through that and so forth. Um, but to me, like what made me really excited to cross the ocean was <clears throat> there's like a whole other bunch of learning to do on a boat out this way. Like it is a totally different world. Like, like I said, the Caribbean, in my opinion, is pretty easy to, to hang out on a boat and, and be comfortable and learn a boat, which is perfect. But if you want to like broaden your skills, I think any kind of where we went up and around the UK, Scotland, Faroe Islands, like there's a lot more weather planning and a lot more that goes involved into understanding, like to looking at mountain ranges and figuring out what the water's going to be like down there or like looking at, I don't know the name, like topographies underneath the water and understanding what it's going to do. And just like so much more learning that could be had. And it just, I was really excited to, to get that sort of learning in. And there, you know, you get to a lot heavier winds up there. Like we always sail 20 plus knots of wind up and around Ireland, Scotland. Mm. Yeah, so. definitely. I think as well, it's like, it definitely makes you a more competent sailor. So like, you know, coming into the Med or going back to the Caribbean, that would just seem pretty simple compared to like what uh, we're dealing with in Scotland and stuff like that. Yeah, well, that's actually now why I, now I'm excited to, to kind of go back to that area to see if it is what I thought it is. Yeah, yeah, and with more knowledge. Yeah, and if it is sort of that same sort of lazy, chill vibe, then I'm going to be excited because I'll <laughs> I would, enjoy you know, I'd love to just enjoy that a little bit. Because mm. But then he'll change his mind shortly oh, okay, yeah, after. Maybe so. a month and I'll be bored again and go, okay, well, let's... <laughs> let's go to the next place now. Let's go on. Yeah. Yeah. My problem well, is what... I... I so you've like done a few locations since you crossed over like you've done um well you you came over you went to like the uk and now you've come into the med what have you, so, have you enjoyed or not enjoyed any certain parts of it uh yeah <laughs> for certain reasons um so if i do you want me to tell you my, our whole route that we've done yeah. um so yeah we started in canada and the great lakes we went out the canal system which is a series of locks which was fun to learn and then we went down the entire East Coast to Florida, which was a lot of cool learning. And then we did from the Bahamas all the way down to Grenada. So I guess um, the Western Caribbean or the Eastern Caribbean. And then we turned around, came back, went to St. Martin, staged to cross to the Azores, Azores to Ireland. And then we went from Ireland to Scotland, Scotland to the Faroes. And then turned around, went back to Scotland, and then did the west coast of the UK, the south coast of the UK, and then went over to the canal systems through um, the Netherlands, and then turned around and went up the east coast of the UK, and then did the Caledonia Canal, and then through Scotland back to uh, Belfast, Ireland. All nice. in, like, two years? Yeah, that's a lot. 
That's a lot of movement. That's a hell of a lot. Yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> like a ridiculous amount of work. <laughs> yeah, wow. Yeah. Okay. So, oh, and then now we're, yeah, then the whole West Coast of Europe. The only yeah, place. Yeah. No, yeah, we've got the entire Western uh, European mainland, and now yeah. we're in the Med. Mm. And I would say the Med has been my least favorite. <laughs> From a sailing uh, perspective, it's di different. For the comforts of being on a boat. Like the yeah. land is super cool, the cultures, people, all of that is amazing. It's, I don't ever feel comfortable leaving the boat in an anchorage full of hundreds of other people, like, hundreds of that boats. don't know how to anchor or don't care how to yeah, anchor. Yeah. And they always have a captain, usually, too. Like, if it's not their own charter, it's just a guest on a chartered boat, then there's always a captain on the boat. So it's, I try to find some comfort knowing that if anything happens, he's always going to be on the boat if I were to leave the boat. But still, from what I've seen, I'm not quite there yet. So it's just yeah, been yeah. the uncomfortability of just basic living on the boat makes me not enjoy the boat so far. Mm. Um, and then there's not a lot of wind. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no, two really, two really good points, actually. What about you, Steph? What, what, have you, what have been your preferences and dislikes? Um, I do really enjoy the Caribbean because of the, you know. We love swimming. Yeah, we like swimming. Underwater life underwater life and all of that. I do love Europe for all of the things that you miss when you're in the Caribbean. Land, on, like on the, the land stuff. stuff. Yeah. So I think that Europe would be done better traveling by land, not having my home at the mercy of busy anchorages and all of that. Um, the accessibility, I guess, for cruisers isn't as much it's here. It seems like everything's kind of catered towards marinas and charters and that sort of thing. But I it's, love it because yeah. I like the warmer temperatures. So I really did enjoy the UK, Scotland. The Faroes were absolutely insane. But oh, on yeah. a boat, anyone could sail to the Faroes, you'd have to. It's such a, a wild experience to sail there. Living on a boat um, and moving your home everywhere at all these places, I prefer the warmer climates. Yeah, so you fight so many things living on a boat. like. You always want to be in the best climate because that's what you're involved in every day. So that's the basic living on a boat. Um, but when it comes to everything outside of that, you want you know you want an easy access to get to land. You want a safe place to leave the boat. Um, and but mind you, I do love bringing the home everywhere. So oh yeah, although it has its challenges, part. I have really enjoyed having my home because the best part of this lifestyle for me is just having my own bed to go to every single night. I have all my stuff. Yeah. That's actually something I never thought about before all this happened. I was just like, oh, yeah, yeah. And then I kind of came in and realized, like, because I used to be a kind of a rough BMXer. I would sleep in ditches under skate park ramps. Like, it never bothered me. <laughs> and then, you know, as you get older, you want a little bit more creature, creature comforts. And then realizing, like, oh, yeah, you get to all these totally foreign places. But every night you get You're to still sleep at home. on your own. You're in your, my own sheets, my own bed. My own comforts and it's like ah oh, it's just the best way to travel yeah you know, yeah that's so. really cool so what's the plan like what are you thinking so i mean you've you've just been inside the med for this season are you going to stay here over the winter or um we thought about like, what are you going to do you're going to head back to the caribbean or what <laughs> we thought yeah. about you know going all the way inside i personally really want to go to greece that was on my bucket list in the med yeah. but seeing the seasons, you know, the Schengen thing for us and all of that, it meant 
staying in a marina for seven long cold months when we had just essentially left one after five months. I don't think I want to do that again. Um, so I kind of want to chase summer. That's my whole thing. Yeah, so like it came hand in hand with one, we want to keep in a good climate. Um, we didn't want to go back into a winter city forever. And that's hard to create content when you're just sitting on a dock. Um, you can only show so much, you know, boat maintenance. You have to start doing the stripping on that pole. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so we just kind of said, you know what? And we got a lot of boat work coming up too, like some more costly items. And we figured there's a lot of places in the med that we found you can't haul out and do your own work. And I think some of the parts that we could find might be, if not the same, or a little bit cheaper in the Caribbean. So we just realized, yeah, we get we can continue moving. We'll be in perfect climate because the Caribbean in the winter time was, I love it. It's phenomenal. It's comfortable. You can go swimming still, and it's just, anyways, I love it. So, and then we get all this boat work done, and then uh, it just leaves us in another area of like, okay, now what are we gonna do for the next hot season, <laughs> summer? Because I want to stay in a perfect climate all year round. That's like what I'm starting to realize on a boat. Or really get her AC working. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one of the two. No, it is. It's like, I suppose, like, Steph, what you were saying before, it's like you always want to chase summer. I think that's part of the attraction to it. Like, um, I've got a lot of friends who, like, sail in Scotland and, like, way northern latitudes and Greenland and stuff like that. It just does not appeal to me at all because it's like, the you know, the best part of the year is the summer where you can be outside and doing all your outdoor activities and you don't need that's to wear loads of layers. Yeah. yeah, it's the well, nicest part about it, I think. Like an overnight passage up north sucked always. Yeah, yeah, big time, <laughs> freezing and wet. You're freezing and just cold or damp, and you're like, yeah, find find that heat. But I like northern land. I one day I would love to, oh, like just spend a lot of time and just cruise northern latitudes because I think it's a lot prettier. I'm really drawn to mountains. I love the views and I like doing photography. And I find I, I, I'm more attracted to that sort of landscapes. Um, but yeah, that, then it makes living on the boat. So I pretty much need a 55 foot aluminum insulated boat with perfect heating <laughs> where I can run a generator all day long and just keep the boat at perfect temperature. You, know, and you just need about $3 million, and then you go. Yeah. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah. That was a big four, you know. <laughs> Stay in the Caribbean for the winter where the climate is absolutely perfect. And then during hurricane season, fly out to anywhere else in the world you want to go you know, during this summer, fall time. But that's not in the cruising kitty oh, no, just yet. Yeah. <laughs> to do that. So until then, we'll just have to keep moving and figuring out where to go for the next season. But part of that means getting to go to all these places that I never thought that I would have ever went. Like crossing the Atlantic is one thing, but I personally never thought I was going to go to Ireland or Scotland. It just mm -hmm. kind of wasn't on my list. No, yeah, that's the best part about doing this. Like you're not making huge jumps, you know, you don't have to. You'll make a, you know, a 10 to 14 hour cruise and then you'll stop somewhere and then you get to see this town that you, take, you would never travel to. And some of my most favorite places have been places I would didn't even know existed so it's another reason why this lifestyle yeah it's really cool well listen good luck with that sail back the uh the crossing <laughs> back it's you've not been here very long but you know <laughs> there's, there's two uh, atlantic crossings pretty short space apart from each other so uh 
yeah, yeah. Cool. good luck with that and uh thanks for uh thanks for giving us the time yeah <laughs> we can talk forever <laughs> yeah thanks for having cool. us. Cheers, thanks for having us.